Hi there, it's Dallas Travers. Thanks so much for tuning in. You are indeed listening to Coaches on a Mission, the podcast for values-driven coaches who want a business you're really proud of. The episode you're about to listen to was recorded before we changed the name of the show to Coaches on a Mission. So you're gonna hear a reference to the Six Figure Coach podcast. Never fear, you're totally in the right place. These episodes were just way too good to remove from our archive. So I hope you enjoy and thanks again for tuning in. Hi there, I'm Dallas Travers. Welcome to the Six Figure Coach Podcast. I created this show to help purpose-driven coaches pass six figures without compromising their values, their time, or their confidence. And I just want to say thank you for subscribing. Your support of the show means a lot, and I'm really glad you're here. Now, today's episode is different from any other I've recorded, and I almost decided not to share it with you because my goal with each episode really is to serve up some tangible actions you can apply in your own business. That did not happen this time around. You know those client sessions that don't seem to go anywhere right away, and maybe that's because the client isn't receptive or you as the coach, you just aren't connecting the way that you're accustomed to. That's what happened when Denise Gaffney joined me. Denise is a Pilates and wellness coach who helps her clients develop a core connection in a holistic way. She's incredible. She's also a mom who's very protective of her time and her energy. And she's noticed a trend, which is that no matter how much money the business brings in, she's never quite able to pay herself the salary that she wants. So Denise came into the episode looking for a lasting breakthrough around her money mindset. And while she and I both agreed that this was a pretty tall order for a 45-minute show, we dove in wholeheartedly. And I will say that we got somewhere, but it took work. Now, I, like I said, I almost didn't air this episode because I feared it wouldn't be valuable to you, the listener. And then I realized that We're all coaches here, and this episode is a great example of two things. Number one, there will be times when our clients feel such resistance that it's challenging to make progress. How we meet that resistance matters. Number two, during those times, we've got to honor our client's process, even if it doesn't match our own agenda. So while I'm usually pretty good at giving every client the dignity of their own process, I lost track of that in this session and it shows. But rather than ditch the episode, I thought it would be helpful to share it and maybe you'll gain some insight by witnessing another coach showing up and struggling a bit. So with that, here's episode number 42. Hi, Denise. Thank you so much for coming on the Six Figure Coach Podcast. Hi, Dallas. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really glad you're here. And this is our first time meeting, but we sure know a lot of the same people. So this conversation was meant to happen. I hope you get a ton of value from it. I love it. I'm excited. So with that, why don't you share with us what you want to walk away with from our time together today? So I would love to have some sort of breakthrough. I have been working in my business since 2012 officially, but of course, as a business person for like ever. And I am, you know, I I feel like I've grown, but I'm still not past my glass ceiling. And even all the work that I've done on releasing that, 
I can't seem to break through. So I would love to hear from you. And ideally, what you say, I'm able to take and put into action and see results. That's what I would love to get from our time together. Okay, that sounds great. Well, actually, tell everybody a little bit more about your business and the structure that it's in. And then I probably have a question or two around this glass ceiling. But first, just tell us about your business. Yeah, so I have a Pilates business that expands beyond Pilates. Um, I work with clients physically, and I promote core connection physically from the inside out. And then I have a holistic component to my business. So we do core connection mentally, spiritually. So it's a holistic check-in with the self. I help Mostly women, though there are men who do this as well, regain a sense of inner strength and then grow from there. Yeah. Okay. And I would like to note that when I said 2012, that's when I launched my business online. So I was one of the first Pilates businesses to go to the live remote training and we launched a Skype Pilates business and I got a ton of press for it. It was really exciting. And so during, but then I sort of backed off from that because it wasn't selling that well. But in the pandemic, here we are, I was set up for it. So it's a really interesting time. I had friends say, you're ahead of your time, you're ahead of your time. (laughs) Little did I know that the pandemic was going to make, this was the time, you know, so I, you know, I feel grateful for that. Um, So I've been online for a while and in person in New York City. In New York. Okay. So currently when the pandemic, when we're all out of our houses, right? Um, You will maintain an online component to your business. Correct. Okay. But there is a brick and mortar as well, or is, are we, okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Got it. So the brick and mortar, I actually recently moved out of the city about a year ago today, which is kind of crazy. And so in terms of the brick and mortar, I would always see people in person, I never took that step to do the full rent the space thing. I always rented from friends or people I knew in the business. I'd rent like, like a hair, a salon person would rent a chair. So that's the way I did my brick and mortar. And now my studio is in my home. Okay. I got it. All right. So tell me about this glass ceiling. So I'll share what I understand and then I'd love for you to fill in the gaps. When you submitted your application to come on the show, you just talked about it seems like no matter how well the business is doing, if the business makes more money, your expenses increase. So what you end up paying yourself doesn't feel like it matches the effort that you're putting in. Absolutely. Okay. Is there anything else you want to tell me about that before we... I mean, I think that if the business gets recognition, it's not even about the business making more money. It's like, like we, we hit, I, or I stepped out with a bang. I had Cosmo glamor shape well and good. You know, Google reached out to me and said, we want to feature you. It was just this crazy, like amount of exposure and like nothing came in from that, you know? And then yes, with the business growing, maybe more clients coming in, but either expenses or my health. So, uh, burnout. So even like that piece where I would become, I become overloaded and because I'm in a wellness business, you know, I'm in a wellness business because I do care about my health and that's sort of the, you know, I'm not willing to burn the candle at both ends to the point where I get sick. So then I back off. I can't handle it really. If more comes in. 
Yeah. So that's it's, what it feels in like. In a way, and there are a lot of beliefs around this. So I'm really yeah. simplifying it to get started. But yeah. it's like you have two intentions and they seem to compete. Mm. One of them is your health and your sanity and your family, <laughs> like your life, right? Yeah. And the other is your business. And somewhere along the way, this belief came in and probably based on experience that in order to make more money, you have to do more work. Mm-hmm. And that's a compromise you're not willing to make. Right. Exactly. Got it. Okay. So you also mentioned to me before that you've hired business coaches and this is like, this is not your first rodeo. (laughs) And yet there's been a a missing piece here and I don't, and we'll find out, but what I'd like us to do today is take a look at some of the strategy and action, but also the, that invisible mindset piece, because It's, it's interesting. I even see last year, I really struggled to get our evergreen funnel up and running. And mm-hmm. I just kind of couldn't figure out why, why it wasn't working. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I realized, oh, that's because this part, this part, and that part are completely misaligned with my values. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually getting what I want, mm-hmm. right? right? Even though the, the thing that really mattered to me is, is my integrity, Right. And I was going to have to compromise my integrity in order to get this funnel to air quotes here, work the way it was supposed to, given what I was learning. Interesting. Um, So we'll take a look at that inner piece as well, too. Okay. I think I just wanted to note about the coaching. Yeah. Part of me feels like I love my coaches. I think they've done an amazing job, like 100 percent. And that's where I sort of come back to there's something wrong with me. You know, there's something wrong with me because I'm getting coaching. I'm, I'm getting the strategy. And by the way, I'm watching my friends who are getting coached by the same people go, they're going, they're going up, they're making the money. They're, you know, bringing in their 30 K a month. It's like, it's nuts. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? So I do have, I, you know, even like in this particular engagement that we have right now, it's like, well, is this really going to work? Because uh, nothing really works, right? So that, it, you know, I get to that place too. So, okay. yeah. Let's just go there. <laughs> because it doesn't matter what I, what strategy we come up with today. If your expectation, if there's this rub, right, that things don't work for me, then yeah. there will be yeah. no surprises. <laughs> I know. Why is that? See, that's what I need your help on. Like, can you please change that part of me, right? Like, I mean, obviously that's a a silly question, but it is the, it's the seeking. I will say since I've moved away, it's almost like you have your teachers and you're learning from them and like, it's working, but it's not working the way you want it to. Then you remove the teachers like training and then you realize, oh, I can do a lot of this stuff on my own. And there are implementation things I'm learning that I am feeling. I'm like, okay, this is it. Like I can do it. But you have caught me today at a moment where I'm having one of those weird things happen again, where I brought in a client in my new program. I did not lower my rate. I did not, you know, like make a deal with somebody or compromise. And yet that comes in. Thank you. We're on our way. Literally the next day, someone calls and says, I'm not going to be able to work with you anymore. So it does sort of feel like out of my hands, or maybe my strategy isn't strong enough. Mm-hmm. Or again, maybe I don't, haven't done enough work to have like backup. You know, I don't yeah. know what it is. So, yeah. So the part of you that needs to keep paying yourself what you're paying yourself. Mm-hmm. If that part of you could speak to us right now, what mm-hmm. would, what would she say? 
So if we're talking about the part of me who's basically like the business person who's saying we got to keep paying ourselves what we're paying. Oh no, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. I don't understand. So <laughs> there is an aspect of you. We don't know where it came from. We may not ever need to know that, right? Mm-hmm. But there is an aspect of you that it is potentially unsafe. Yes. Paying yourself more money than what you're uh, paying. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. So that small, that yeah. small yeah. part of you. Yeah. Right. If we gave voice to that small part, mm. what would that small aspect of you say to us? That's such an interesting, it's funny because I've done so much work around this, right? Like, and like asking that specific question, mm. I'm, I'm a little stuck. The first thing that comes to mind is, you know, rich people are bad. If you're, you know, things around that, like they're not trustable. There's probably, you know, other people getting walked on, you know, like it's like a privilege thing and it's not mm-hmm. right to make that. Like you're making more than your fair share. Mm-hmm. As, as I'm saying all of this, it's sort of coming out, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think there's part of that. And then, yeah, why does she say like, you can't, like you're good at a lot of things, but you, oh, here's the other one. This is kind of a big one. So I was very spiritual when I was younger. I was like a missionary. I like went to another country to try to save people and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not, that's not what I did. That's not me now. I'm very spiritual, but I am not like religious. So there is, I think tied into this, like, what is it? Like the rich cannot enter the uh, the kingdom Kingdom of God or something like that. Yeah. That, that there is so, oh, and that, there is what really is important in life does not have to do with money and that you Denise have to learn sort of, you want to know the real things in life. Like money's going to distract you from that. So there's almost this like spiritual, like, Oh, but you're going to, you're going to find the true path and that it, and it's because you're not going to do the money. The money thing's not going to be part of it. Mm -hmm. And you're going to realize that you don't need that. So Mm -hmm. there's also that story I've got. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So if you're comfortable, I want to invite you to close your eyes. This is all good stuff. And I see you answering my questions, thinking about them. Mm -hmm. Let's just see if we can tap in. Okay. So it's the end of the month, right? And you're looking at your P&L statement. And once again, I don't know how this happened. It felt like a good month, but I'm paying myself the same. Mm -hmm. See if you can drop in to the feeling space of that experience, of that story. Take your time getting there and then just let me know when you're in the feeling. Uh, I don't even know if I can go there. I think there's such a block to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I could see the number. Mm. I know the experience and I think that the truth is there is a big like, you can't care about this because it's too painful, you know. Got it. Tell me more about that. Yeah, it's like a failure after failure, you know, and it feels like I'm doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not listening. Maybe there's an I'm not listening, but yeah, just that I'm not smart enough. I'm not savvy enough. Mm-hmm. I don't work hard enough, but basically I'm not smart enough. Yeah. Okay. Tell me if any of this lands. What I think I'm hearing you say is, and there are so many layers to it, but at its uh, one of those layers is this misalignment with what it means to have money. Mm. And a lot of your experience in the past is that the people with money don't care about others. And that is not you, <laughs> right? So we're rejecting that identity. 
And is it possible that small self adopted that belief so that you don't have to pursue the money because the pain of not getting it is too intense? Today's episode is brought to you by Flawless Free Sessions, which is the proven, authentic process to help you get clients without selling. So if you feel allergic to enrollment calls or you turn into an awkward robot anytime you have to actually sell, you need this guide because it's going to teach you how to kick your sessions off from the beginning with honesty and integrity so clients don't feel guarded and you don't feel sleazy. You'll also learn the single most important sentence to say in every discovery session. This is a total game changer. You're going to learn the big mistake even veteran coaches make that ultimately turns people off. And of course, you'll learn how to let go of the pressure to sell and still be able to fill your coaching calendar. We're talking about selling inside this very episode and Flawless Free Sessions will help you take what you learned today even further. You can download this guide absolutely free at Flawless freesessions.com. With it, you won't have to worry about being salesy ever again. And now back to the episode. I was actually just talking, I was talking with a client today about goal setting Mm -hmm. because we have a section in our opening conversation about setting a goal for the next six months. And the way I see goal, it's hard to set goals because for me, and I don't, I don't like setting them because then there can be a failure attached to it. So a hundred percent, if I were to, yes, really try to do it, I guess, you know, or like decide that this is what I was going to do, then yes, the fear of failure is very big. Yeah. I relate to that. (laughs) And so then I can just sort of talk myself into, I'm very convincing Right? Yes. It, right into believing very firmly in whatever I need to believe to protect myself from doing the thing I'm afraid of. Yep. Right. How much writing do you do? Are you a journaler at all? So I try to do, you know, with being a mom of a five-year-old and a 15 month old running my own business during the <laughs> pandemic mm-hmm. uh, with limited childcare. I try to do like a, I mean, I have, you know, had a writing practice in the past, but it's not, I'll do like, I will commit to meditating for a few minutes, checking in, and then I'll write very simply like what I hear, boom. Mm -hmm. And what I need to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I have so much resistance around writing, so (laughs) there's no judgment here, but what came forward for me, I feel like there's an opportunity here for you to heal or redefine your relationship to money. And if you would be open, it doesn't even have to be writing. You could sit for 10 minutes and have a mental conversation with money Yeah. to really find out a conversation with money as though you were in a relationship with money. So money is now a person instead, instead of this energy or, or yeah. this thing to really identify where things went wrong because the relationship you're in is pretty abusive. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Talk to me about that a little bit how it's abusive. I'm very interested. I like, I think I need to hear that because I've never heard that before. So, and I just want to note too, like I literally can tell you where I left my glass ceiling. It's in Connecticut at this retreat center. I left it. I was like, we've done this. It is gone. I see the panel. It's on the floor of that weird conference room. And (laughs) And yet that's why that expectation, like when you, like you just said that, like looking at the PNL, Hey, at least I'm looking at the PNL now. Like this yeah. is kind of I'm proud of myself for that. But I looked and I was like, what? Like, 
what? Like I changed everything. I moved everybody into this model. I blah, 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 blah. I had these, all, all these new requirements. Like anyways, going back, but you just said, no, have, finish. Oh, yeah. Okay. You, so, but the thing that you said that felt like, it's like, you said, heal my relationship with money. And I feel like I've done, you know, it's like, how much more do I need to do? Right. But I want to hear that abusive thing, because I think that is, I've never thought about it that way. So what do you mean? Well, and it's not healing your relationship with money as much as it is healing your relationship with self as it relates to money. And so here's what I know to be true for myself. And then we'll talk about this abusive relationship. My identity is totally tied up into my good habits and my bad habits. Part of my identity is my ambition. And thank God for my ambition, it has served me really well. I could also make a pretty long list of ways that it has not served me. And yet, how I see myself is as an ambitious person. Mm. So if I flew to Connecticut, right, and tore up my ambition because it it wasn't serving me anymore, (laughs) left it on the floor, right, I would be dead my identity would be completely shred mm. and not replaced with anything. So these mm. ideas that we can snap our fingers or go deep and have a big exorcism, right, yes. and heal ourselves, yes. uh, that I think what we can do is open the door, and then we have to commit to developing our new identity. I have 44 years of experience perfecting my identity as an ambitious person. So how can I leave it on the floor in, with one mantra? And so for me, when it's two things, right? Here I am again, like, really? We're doing this again? (laughs) And right, I can relate to that as a problem or I can relate to that as an invitation to get to know myself more. A lot of times I don't accept that invitation. That's too much work Mm -hmm. or it feels too dangerous. I don't want to feel my feelings. Are you kidding? I just want to like create an Excel spreadsheet. That's what would make me happy. (laughs) (laughs) So I, so that could be part of the missing link here is we're trying to shed Mm. messy connections to things outside of ourselves. But really what we're doing is reclaiming who we are. And that has to begin by deciding what we're going to replace the stuff we're shedding. Mm. Otherwise it will just come back. Well, it's interesting to think of the glass ceiling actually like as a protector, like oh. you just like that, like I, yeah, I've never thought of it like that either, which is interesting. And it's sort of like, yeah, if there's a storm, like what's protecting you. Right. And like, that's fascinating. So I, and I, the value of that too could be helpful, which I, well, I've, you know, I've done that again. Like I've done a lot of this work, the processing, like how did this belief serve me a hundred percent? How did it protect me? How did it help me? Blah, blah, blah. Am I re- willing and ready to let it go? Yes, blah, blah, blah. But I also think like my anxiety is something that is always here. This is relating yeah. to this. I can't just like, like you said, like have a process and be like, okay, anxiety is gone. It literally is an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. I will also, I just want to note that like the money thing, not that it's like being, I, I, and I do want to go back to that abusive piece, but like, mm-hmm. I'm not in a, like, for example, like I'm in a, my money situation is like fine. Right. Yeah. Like, like my, like yeah. where I'm personally, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm taken care of. I, we have a beautiful home. We have a wonderful life. It is abundant. It's beautiful. And I was a dancer for years. And I also had an amazing abundant life with 
nothing in the bank or just enough. And I was totally fine. I've always thought I could go live in a commune. If anything, you know, like part of the reason I moved to New York city at 35 years old was I took that risk because I'm like, eh, if it doesn't work out, I don't have any money. I'm totally fine. Moving to Vermont, living in a commune, like we're good. Like I can do, I don't need that much. So Mm -hmm. I have both of those, like, I don't need that much. And I actually don't need that much right now. Right. So like I'm comfortable and I wonder too, there's like the comfort thing where it's not necessary for me to, as like what I hear and what you're saying, it's almost like I have to have a, like a more of a consistent maybe relationship with myself around this piece. Like, you know, like it's like conversation with, if money were a friend, like mm-hmm. I've done this to money, I think. And yeah. also like my parents, it was always like, we were fine. They didn't talk about money, but we were always fine. We were just fine. We were never poor. We were never rich. We were just good. Mm-hmm. And I never, we never, and there was never a, you know, a negative balance for them on their credit cards. Like it just was like, it was just, it wasn't a thing. Like money wasn't a thing. We never even used that word, you know? So right. it's this thing where also I'm sort of like, I don't know how to like, as a, now I'm a business owner, so I'm not an artist. Mm-hmm. Also, the other thing I will say about the artist mindset, as you know, I think you work with a lot of artists you know, with you, you as an artist, you, you go, Oh no, money's not what I, that's not, I'm doing my passion. I'm living my passion. And you, you learn very early on that you don't need money. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole, that's another, like a lot of things here. Anyways. Wow, okay. Wonderful layers. Okay. <laughs> so if it wasn't about money, what, so what I heard you say is there is no shortage of money in your life. There could be more. Yeah. Right. But there's no shortage. Right. If this wasn't actually about paying yourself more, if it wasn't about money, what would it be about? Um, I do think it's going back to that. And I don't remember if we were talking about this right before mm-hmm. we started recording or now. I The fear of it's about overwhelm and having like enough. So I will put in a certain amount of hours yeah. to stay healthy and in balance. Yeah. Um, and so when all of that comes in, my system shuts down yeah. like the, um, because more money right now in my business means more clients that I have to tend to. It's more responsibility, honestly, and it's more problems that can go wrong. It's more like of my time. So if I'm in on a weekend and there's a fire to put out, like my time now, it's like having a bait, like a newborn, you know, if you're having, mm-hmm. so I would love for the money thing not to mean that. So maybe, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I think that's more of like that piece, the money's gonna grow when there's more clients and more people coming in. But when there's more clients and more people coming in, then it that's overwhelming to me. So maybe it's more about overwhelm, I don't know. Yeah, it could be, it could be. It could be about, I think there's a lot of self-protection going on here. So let's go back to being in an abusive relationship. And I and I'm saying abusive, and I'm just using this as a metaphor. Maybe uh, smarter for me to say unhealthy relationship because okay. there are people who truly are in abusive relationships, and I don't mean to diminish that situation. Yeah. Okay. So if money was a person, let's just imagine. Let's imagine that money was the family dog <laughs> with you growing up. Now, I want you to tell me, describe how your parents dealt with the family dog. Just tell me what you just told me. But instead of we didn't talk about money, there was never use like Charlie, Charlie, the family 
golden retriever. Well, it's funny because Sonny, the family dog, I was actually talking about the family dog, is, was treated like money. He like stayed in the garage. He was not really allowed in the house. Like he was, just, right. I mean, we lived in California, so it was fine. It's not like he was staying there in the winter, but um, he was, uh-huh. he was sort of like, he was there, but he was not, he, it is really how the money was. It was very <laughs> funny, there, but we didn't like engage with him. We didn't, you know, I, I just, I thought of him as a, a side thing and it's, yes. you know, he wasn't part of the family. He was just, uh, you know, he, um, but yeah, with the money, like not attention to, right. let's say grooming or like special treats or, you know, giving this creature, this dog, like more life, I guess, or like, again, just like almost like a plateau. I mean, the dog yep. was kind of like just there, you know, didn't, yep. there wasn't progress. So yeah. So what I'm hearing you say, it's weird that I've never used this analogy in my life. So it's yeah. weird to me that I would say that. And actually you had a family dog yeah. named Sunny who your parents treated a lot like they treated me. So that's just a side note here, right? But what I'm hearing you say is what you learned was this is not something that deserves attention. And almost like if I ignore it, right? If I ignore it, it'll just be there when I need it. Yes. Right. And never really make a stink. Yep. So now imagine if you were in a partnership with someone who treated you. I dated this guy, by the way, right? As like, uh, she's around when I need her. She's a little bit of a nuisance. I kind of don't care that much. But it's convenient, right, to have her around. And she'll sure bend over backwards if I give her a little bit of attention. Right. That's to me, given what you've shared, is kind of your relationship to money. And so... Me, Dallas, the person in dating this kind of guy, I've got like four metaphors going on right now. (laughs) What I wanted more than anything was for him to see me as worthy. Mm. And what, and I also did not, I didn't like myself for liking him. I didn't actually want to be treated this way. So all the things I wanted were also the things I didn't want. Talk about confusion <laughs> and control. That's yeah. what I see happening. Well, given what you've explained to me today, your relationship to yourself mm. as it relates to money sounds very similar. I want it, but I don't. I feel guilty for wanting it. And I want it to come easily, yet I'm willing to work hard for it. And then if I do work hard, then I have to work harder. I'm like, there's all of these layers here. Yeah. So if you would be willing, it can just be... Thinking through it, I find it most helpful to, for me, I'm such a verbal person, I'll record myself. Writing, Mm. thinking, or recording yourself in conversation, resolving this untouched stuff around how you relate to yourself as you relate to money. Because it kind of sounds to me like you have the business you want in a lot of ways. Yes. And then there's this story that you're not paying yourself enough and money is a problem. Like, so what if that, it, like, what if the story, and we don't get to drop it on the floor in Connecticut, this <laughs> takes work, <laughs> but if you could redefine your self-image as it relates to money, I think you would have more agency yeah. to show up in your business how you want. Yeah, interesting. You know, there like the other piece that comes up and like throws mm-hmm. me off is just like major life crises. You know what I'm saying? It's like, there's always something that even if I'm, because the money thing is, it's interesting. Like I can accept it. And it's like, I manis- I've manifested it. You know, I remember like I did my 40 day abundant 
meditation and it, I was ready to receive and, and it was looped into love too. It was not just money. It was love and money. And like after that and working with this healer and my husband came into my life and it was like, wow. And I was ready to say yes, you know, yes to stability, to, um, love to this again, like economic stability that came with that. That was wild. You know, it just was, it was very, again, the manifesting piece was sort of shocking (laughs) there. Right. And then I guess it just, it does come back to, so I guess I'm conflicted. Like I do think that is true to a certain extent about me, but then how is it happening in these other, well, I will also say that I don't, I think it's all going to go away. <laughs> I mean, there's that too. Right. Like, that's okay. the fear, like, right. oh, well, this, the market's going to crash and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, something's going to happen to take it away. Mm-hmm. I have that little guy going too. It is so complex. So what do I do? <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, I know I need to do it. Like Here's, you said, talk yes. to money, talk okay. to, let's keep Hold going. on here. Yeah. What I so I have two suggestions. I have an observation followed by two suggestions as we wrap up. Number one, as we've been in conversation, I'm watching you think so much about this and feel nothing. It's as though the conversation is happening from your like Adam's apple up. And when I ask feeling questions, you negotiate your way out of them. You're avoiding these questions in our conversation today. Yeah. So if this is really something that you want to dig into and get under, you have mm. to be willing to feel mm. your way through this. You cannot think your way through this and no healer is going to come and yeah. do the work for you. Yeah. Right. You've done, you've done that and it's been outstanding, but not lasting. Yeah. Right. Okay. Number two, I wonder when the last time was that you got really clear and articulated your core values. What matters to you? Because I revisited that about a couple years ago because I had just sort of, I think I just assumed that my values would never change and I wouldn't have to do much to stay anchored in them. But I made a big shift in my business a few years ago. I I was serving actors and I closed that business down and started serving coaches. And I didn't, when I did that, have the values conversation. So I had no anchor for the decisions that I was making. They were all in my head, strategies that made sense, nothing that, there's no feeling there. So my invitation for you would be three things. Number one, get crystal clear on your values. And this is not some weird corporate exercise where you're coming up with a company mission statement. This is looking at how you show up in the world yeah. When you live your life, what does your life show you about your values? When you're, and your value, we don't have separate values for our personal lives mm. and our professional lives. It's the same. So knowing your values, then just leaning in to the willingness to feel around this relationship. We're calling it a money relationship. It could be anything, right? Mm-hmm. This is you staying in your head rather than really experiencing your life probably to protect yourself from something. That's usually why we do that. And I see it in you because I do it myself. And then the third piece is setting aside time to dialogue with yeah. the aspect of yourself that's unresolved with when it comes to money. So there is no solution. It's a practice. How does yeah. that land? I think the feeling piece is the most sort of potent because... I had, I cried this weekend and I hadn't cried in so long. Mm -hmm. 
my parents came and visited obviously like pandemic like it's like you know they left and it was just like I cried mm-hmm. and I don't ever cry when they leave like, it, like it's just like not something mm-hmm. I do and I was like oh this is so healing like it's so therapeutic to feel because I'm constantly in fight or flight and when you're in fight or flight you do not feel like you are adrenalized so and then to your point of like how does it feel when I look at that number it's like, I can't even feel because it's so disappointing. And it's like, you know, if I could feel that every time and I would love to like tap in. So that is an issue with me just in general. So thank you for that. And I, it's like, how do I break through? That is challenging for me. But you, know, but you so. don't break through, you just lean into it, right? How do we feel our feelings? We sit quietly with ourselves, right? Just to develop that awareness. I yeah. love that. I love that. That's so great. And then the dialogue piece I think I actually hired one of your students who is a money coach. Mm-hmm. And that was my decision this year was going to be, we're not even going to think about business. We're going straight to money. Cause like, it's sort yeah. of what you've said, you know, like your business sounds great. You've got this ideal business. I do. It's like amazing, but right. So what's that piece? And I, and what's funny is I like, it's like the last thing I do, like I, I haven't really, you know, I haven't like signed up for my next appointment. Right. I have my third. It's like, I did it. So I would, pay attention to this. And I'm not doing that because there's again, a baby and a kid and I'm not getting enough sleep. And and then I'm just putting little fires out, but it's avoidance. There's definitely avoidance. avoidance. I appreciate, I appreciate that call to action and and I want to do it. So I hope I will do it after we get off this call. I've got to set some sort of, you know, I need like the help to stay accountable to that. So yeah. 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 Okay, so my takeaway, and this is so helpful for, I feel like I'm like looking in a mirror as I'm talking to you, (laughs) right? My takeaways from our conversation are like, if when there is a repeated pattern in our lives, it's an invitation to get to know ourselves a little bit better. And for I have some clients, some Mm -hmm. coach club members who are all feelers. And Mm -hmm. I say, I have to get them thinking a little bit, right? (laughs) Like one is not better than the other, but when there's a disconnection, it's hard to really, when there's a disconnection, any answer we arrive at is outside okay. of us rather than within us. And therefore it's not, it doesn't have the same potential. Mm. So that's my takeaway from our conversation. I love that. I love that. Great. Well, I hope this was helpful. It was. Right? It Great. was totally helpful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. I love hearing everything that you had to say and the way you took me through that and the way you asked me to feel, which was like, oh shit, you know, like (laughs) uh, I did not want to do that. And so thank you. I appreciate that. I get that. And I just want to thank all of you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful for you as well. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Six Figure Coach Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review the show. That's really the best way to show your support. Now, if your goal is to build a six-figure coaching business and you need a simple system to get there, I would love to invite you to join us inside the Six Figure Coach Club. I'm so proud of the community we've built there. Plus, the mentorship and training you'll receive is truly unmatched. Now, the first step to joining us is to actually watch the coach class. That way you can see how my approach to six figures can work for your business. And from there, you can apply to join us inside the club. So go to watchthecoachclass.com now to learn more about how I can help you reach your business goals inside the Six Figure Coach Club. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next week.